0: نحمده سبحانه وتعالى ونستهديه ونستعسره نعوذ بالله تعالى من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يبهده تعالى فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه من خلقه وحبيبه بلغ رسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح الأمة وكشف الله عز وجل به الغمة وَجَاهَدَ في سبيل ربه حتى أَتَاهُ اليقين اللهم صلِّ وسلِّم وبارك عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد الحمد <تصفيق> لله <تصفيق> الله سبحانه وتعالى blessed us my brothers, with this amazing religion, this amazing Deen and this Deen my brothers, this religion teaches the best of manners and akhlaq. Changing the appearance of the son of Adam, changing your outside attire, outside look, takes a few hours, a few dollars, if you are a drug dealer on the street and tomorrow you want to be a pious religious brother, all you have to do is go to one of the bookstores, buy you know, some Islamic clothing, maybe let your beard grow with bit, And instantly you look like you are religious, practicing anyone can change his outside quickly and easily. But changing one's heart, changing your dealings, your manners, your akhlaq, as we say in Arabic, is the hardest target in this religion. And the word akhlaq comes from the root word in Arabic language Kha, Lam, Qaf Kha, Lam, and Qaf and this root word in Arabic language open the dictionary and search for Kha, Lam, Qaf and all the words that come out of this root it all maneuvers around the meaning of something that is old This is why we say, Thawbun khalq. Old clothes, an old thawb, an old dress. And this is why the word akhlaq describes characters in Arabic language. Someone's characteristics, someone's character means the old, persistent, habits of this person, not the quick fix, the quick change, who who you really are. Who you really are is not the person that comes to the mosque. We shake hands, assalamu alaikum, alaikum assalam, hug, kiss and everyone goes his way. I can't tell you manners. I can't tell you characteristics based on this. The five minutes we meet and talk and salute each other. The people that know your akhlaq, your characteristics, the best are those who have known you for a long time. Traveled with you. Dealt with you. Business together. Ups and downs. Went through hardship. Went through ease. These people will tell you, this guy, brother, brother I know the... I know what's old about this guy. I know the real story, the deep story. Don't worry about this five minutes, you know. And this is why you find so many people, they get shocked. They say, for example, oh, uh, there was this guy in the masjid, he, he was the best guy. He was in the mosque, he was the best guy, always a smile on his face, very, very nice person. And then you find out that he committed, for example, a huge crime or did something very, very un-Islamic or what Because really you don't know this person. And hence the famous narration that a person came to Umar radiallahu anhu and said to him, Oh Umar, this man is a very, very good man. He's my friend. He praised a person. So he asked him, Have you traveled with him? He said to him, no. He goes, then you don't know him yet. And actually the word Safar in Arabic language, which means travel. Again, the root word Seen, Fa, and Ra refers to anything that is revealing. That's why we say (laughs) Asfarat al-Shams. The sun has risen. It's clear, apparent. Alright? This comes from the sun has revealed itself. And they called travel, Safar in Arabic language, because travel teaches you a lot about the world and teaches you a lot about the people in your company. You learn about the people you travel with much, much more than you knowing them when they are local. And not really our travel these days. Why? Because our travel these days is, you know, sport travel. Oh, we jump on, you know, uh, Emirates Airlines, eating the best of food, drinking the best of drink. We go on a holiday together. And we say, you know, brother, wallah I traveled with this guy. But the travel the Arabs meant was the travel of hardship. When you traveled in these old days, travel was not something that was easy. Travel was a hardship, a trip of hardship. And in hardship and under pressure, when hunger strikes, when fear strikes, when different tests come your way, your true characters appear. The true characters, they show when the true you, you can put a facade on when everything is normal. As long as everything is quiet and civilized and nice and relatively okay, you can maintain the facade. But as soon as hardship hits, what happens? The facade doesn't last. And the true colors of the person appear. Either because of the level of the hardship, or because of the length of the companionship. Because you can keep a facade for a bit, for 5-10 minutes, but I can't. I can't keep a facade all my life. Your nafs will break, you're, you know, you will... Uh, you can't, you, you, can't, you, you can't keep the image on for too long. And this is why no one knows the character of a person more than his wife. You want to ask a wife about a person, why? You know him, Allah in the Masjid, MashaAllah, he's a beautiful guy, very very polite, very very nice, very humble. And you talk to the wife and she says, Well, maybe really you don't know this guy. Or his kids. Or people that work with him for a long time in a company, you know. They will tell you about the character of the person. And these characters, my brothers, are very, very, very important indeed. In our Islam, one of the most important targets, purposes of life is to work on our manners and akhlaq and character to make it the best of character the best of akhlaq, the best of dealings and this is why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to us muhammad sallallahu alayhi and all the prophets before him from isa alayhi salam jesus to musa alayhi salam to all the prophets that came before They were all known for formidable character. They had the best of manners and they had the best of character. No Prophet was ever sent to the people, for example, with anger. He can't control his anger. You know, sometimes we say, oh, this guy, is short-fused, for example. Never, never, no Prophet of Allah ever was known for, at the rank of Anbiya, to be, for example, of bad character or bad akhlaq. Never, ever, impossible. The human beings, maybe at their level, someone will, you know, make a small mistake or, or something like that. But they had the best of manners and akhlaq. It's why Allah sent them. Why? Because when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants people to love Allah, and to guide people to God and to Allah, the messenger, the messenger has to be someone that is loved. And good character enslaves people. Good dealings enslaves people, attracts people. And bad character, what does it do? It turns people off you. No matter who, no matter how Rich you are, how talented you are, how good you are. If you have bad manners, people around you will always move away. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi O Prophet of Allah, even you, if you are rough, if you are rough in your language, in your words, you know, your words weren't soft and gentle. غليظ qalbi hard-hearted. These sahaba, these companions that changed the whole world, they would have left you and moved away from you. Even them. Bakr would have walked away. Omar would have walked away. وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضَّاً غَلِيظًا الْقَلْبِ So Muhammad the leader of prophets, had the best of manners. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Qur'an, وَإِنَّكَ Verily, a Prophet of Allah, you had the best of manners. And the Mashaykh and scholars say, this is the best praise in the Qur'an. No human being can be praised with a better praise, that you have the best of manners. And when any one of us wants to become more religious, Let's say, for example, we come to a religious talk, we come to a gathering in the mosque and we are uh, yearning to improve ourselves in religion, come closer to Allah, become, you know, better Muslims. Usually, unfortunately, the focus, the drive, the emphasis, the importance, initially, is on the outer appearance. Or action, quick action, you know. Brothers, who's ready to do this? Who will go to Hajj? Who will go to Umrah? Who will go, you know, do this? Who will go do that? Who will pray in the Masjid? Who will wake up for Tahajjud? Because these are the things that other people see and they're they're easily quick. Quick bang. We love quick things, you know? But for someone to start changing his old persistent Character and habits. How long does it take? Let's say for example you're short-fused. You have an anger problem. How many Muslims do you know? How many husbands do you know? How many wives do you know? How many generally people that we say he's a good guy, she's a good lady. How many people do you know have anger issues? They can't control their anger. He's, uh, say he's short-fused Or say, but if this guy get angry? Just walk away Run, run for your life He can't control it. And people, unfortunately It's praiseworthy amongst the youth Even our youth They take praise in what? Brother Allah, please Wallahi, I'm trying to be nice You know, don't get me angry Because you'll see a side you don't want to see of me he, he, he takes pride in Warning people around him That if I get angry, shut the gates. Brother, he's the cap, and he's the abaya, and he's the Islamic. Brother, meet me outside. Brother, come outside. Let's let's fix this problem outside. Which means what? It means, really, it actually means that this person doesn't have deen yet. He doesn't have the right deen yet. Why? Because deen is obedience. Deen means ta'a. And a lot of our deen is obedience, is orders regarding dealings. Imagine this imagine a man comes to the Prophet. Can you imagine? This hadith is a very, very, very deep hadith. It's a very, very deep incident. People brush it off. I think about this hours long. Imagine you were to see the Prophet. You know how as uh, us, us Muslims living in the you know 20, whatever, first century. Every one of us at one stage in your life you had that thought. Far up man. Wallahi, imagine I get the opportunity. To meet the Prophet. Like sometimes uh, this, this, uh, you know, this thought in my head it gets provoked when I see people meeting Mashayikh and scholars from overseas. You see, for example, a famous celebrity or Sheikh, you know, famous scholar comes from overseas and you find the Sydney community, you know, the brothers like ants, you know, they jump the guy. Someone wants just salam, someone wants musafaha, someone wants advice. This guy has a problem with his wife, this guy has a problem with finance, Uh, you know, and they... They they heard these celebrities here and they're like dying to like, you know, get some advice. They race, they weigh, they, you know, some people pay money. So imagine, imagine my brothers, you knew... You are about to see Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is exactly what happened with this companion. He finally, he wasn't one of the regulars. He wasn't your Umar or Abu Bakr, you know, that was always with the Prophet sallam. This guy clearly from the Hadith, was the, one of the companions that maybe lived far away or, you know. He had this small window. So he goes to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and says what? He sees him finally, he gets that window, he gets that opportunity and says to so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Please, O Prophet of Allah, give me advice. I want advice. Now, this is from the student's perspective. When you meet, imagine... The biggest sheikh in the world now comes to Sydney. And you find yourself in front of him and you have time. And you say to him, sheikh, please give me advice. What are you expecting? As a student, knowing the caliber of the sheikh, you are expecting, you know, something very, very special. You know, some juicy (laughs) advice. The juice of the juice, you know? Concentrate. So the Prophet sallallahu also from a teacher's perspective, he understands that this student wants something special. He came so long distance, he has this time with me. So I have to give him something very special. So he says to him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لا تغطب. Don't get angry. I'm not asking my mom for advice. I'm not asking a psychologist. (laughs) I didn't go to a psychologist and say please, you know, I have mental issues. He goes, ah, breathe. (laughs) I'm asking the prophet of Allah, the messenger of Allah, the leader of all humanity, the leader of prophets, the one sent by God, Please give me something juicy. Better tell me, you know, what should I do about my life, what I? He goes to him. لا تغضب. Don't get angry. In one narration, he said, "Zidni." It's like the student himself. You know, you know, we know this one. خلاص. Can you Can you give me something else, Zidni? Give me more. Give me more advice. So the Prophet sallallahu kept repeating again and again فَرَدَّدَ مِرَارًا قَالَ لَا تَغْضَبْ لَا تَغْضَبْ لا تَغْضَبْ Don't get angry. Don't get angry. Don't get angry. I read this hadith, my brothers, and I say الله, You know the iman of... This man clearly has so many problems. Clearly in his religion... This is not the only problem he has in his life, correct? Imagine, you know, a drug dealer comes to me, or uh, someone far away from Deen, or a Sina, or someone has come to the mosque, or someone that has no da'wah in his life, and he, he asks me for advice, Like, Wallah, I'll give him 10 points off the bat. Bang, 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 10 injections, you know? And that's me with my limited knowledge. Imagine the Prophet of Allah so he says, Don't get angry. Next one should be protect your prayer. Lower your gaze. You know, eat from halal. He kept saying what? Don't get angry. Don't get angry. Don't get angry. More, tell me something. Don't get angry. How do we as Muslims, my brothers, interpret the advice of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi How should we handle these valuable, valuable, deep words, my brothers and my sisters? The Prophet of Allah does not betray the trust. When you ask the question, this is an aman. It's a trust. You don't answer half answers. You answer full answers. You give full advice. Or else you are, you know, you're betraying the job. You're betraying the trust. Imagine this man saying to Allah on judgment day, Allah, I went to your prophet and I asked him for advice and he just said, don't get angry. And I didn't. But the Prophet ﷺ, my brothers and my sisters, knew exactly what he is advising. What does anger do? What is anger in the first place? Anger is an emotion. And this emotion of anger can come for many, many reasons. People get angry. The reason for getting angry, they... The infinite. Some people get angry from the weather. Some people get get angry from the look on someone's face. Some people get angry from treatment. Some people get angry for the stupidest and insignificant reasons in your mind. And some people get angry for valid reasons. His rights are taken, he's abused, he's insulted. You know, he feels injustice, whatever it is. But as soon as this emotion comes, what happens? What happens to the son of Adam? We are very weak. As soon as you get angry, your vision becomes blurry. This is the nature by creation. Our creation is as such. When we get angry, our vision becomes blurred. And when your vision and intellect become like like instantly you become handicapped. Handicapped by what? By anger. Anger be- makes you disabled. Takes away your ability, your intellect, your talent, your analysis, your ability to make decisions drops by 90%. And then you start making decisions that are completely Wrong, Because my my capacity of understanding now finished. I can't see. I'm blind. And this is why, my brothers, you find 90% of people suffer the consequences of decisions they made when they are angry. Sometimes these consequences are short-term and sometimes they are long-term. He made a decision when he was angry and he suffered for the rest of his life. Why? Because his vision was blurred. And then for the rest of his life, imagine someone who killed someone and went to jail. He killed someone. And he's in jail now, 25 years, 30 years. Can you imagine this person's time in jail? He keeps thinking about what? His mind doesn't stop. Every day of his life in jail, his mind will take him back and he relives that moment. Look at the torture. Again and again. He relives that moment when he made that decision based on blurred analysis to pull the trigger. To kill someone. Based on what? Just anger blinded him. He was angry. He killed someone. Or he was angry, he slapped someone. Or he was angry, he said a word. Some of these decisions that we make, like divorce. If you look in the Muslim community now, Allah, Allah, no, no, actually, everywhere. Everywhere you go now, Muslim or non Muslim, we can't keep family together. We can't keep husband and wife together. Very, 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 it's very hard in our time for relations to stay intact. People say, ah, oh, it's technology, ah, oh, it's this, huh? it's many, many, many factors. But really, it comes down to manners. The problem is, the real problem is, wife can't control her anger. Husband can't control his anger. So what's happening, you have two uh, loose cannons living under the same roof. She gets angry, slaps a few words, says a few things, and sometimes a wife says to her husband a word. Maybe she doesn't mean it. Maybe she doesn't feel that way. But she, so at the time, she wants to hurt, she wants to humiliate, she wants to win that instant fight. Because the vision is blurred by anger She says a word And the marriage never recovers From this word she said Ever ever For the rest of their life The whole marriage Will suffer because of that She might apologize a million times After this when she comes down She might say Wallah I'm sorry I didn't mean it Try to check But what was said that is Said And the opposite is true Sometimes a husband states to his wife something. Oh, "Allah, wallah, in a million years, you can't have, you can't, you can't, uh, you, you can't take that back. Oh wallah, I was trying to hurt you, I wanted to hurt you, but I really didn't mean it. This is why the Arab poet said, a long time ago, جرحات السناني لها If you bite someone with your teeth The teeth When they bite They might injure They rip the skin off They'll bruise But these injuries That are caused by teeth Bites They heal But what the tongue hurts When the tongue strikes This Never heals Never eats. Very, very hard. You know? A wife says to her husband, for example, You're a miser. You're a Bahil. She might be saying it. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. She drops the word. The marriage now. Or the, re- or the husband says to his wife, Are you ugly? You think you're beautiful? I just married you like this. Just, you know, to look after you. Spend the rest of your life buying gift cards and you are the uh, love of my life, you're so pretty, you're so beautiful, you're allah, you're very this. In her, heart she, in her heart, she knows this guy's a pleasure. In her heart, you can never change the truth that you said when you were angry. No matter what you do. Wife, husband, no matter what you say, these, these things, they last. And this is why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam taught this companion a key to happiness in life. Learn how to, for the sake of Allah, for the sake of the creator of this universe. Not because the person in front of me doesn't deserve my anger, he might justifiably deserve my anger. But because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our creator, ordered us to have the best of manners, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam advised us as such, you have to tame your character. And reach a level where nothing in the dealings of human beings makes you angry. You reach that level, You have real deen. You have real religion. Your religion is not a facade. We can testify now that this person has what our mashayikh and elders call sifat. Qualities. This guy has a sifat, has a quality that the money of this world cannot buy. Which is qadm al he doesn't, he, he doesn't, you know He can control his emotion. His, his emotions are not, you know And actually This is the main quality of men Men Are supposed to be By creation More logical Less emotional than women <coughs> Women Allah created them Softer More gentle they have to deal with children. They have to have, they have, to have uh, you know, so much emotion, so much outpouring of love. Whereas the man is usually more logical. What happens when the man becomes like a female? He is an emotional rollercoaster. He is, uh, one word sends him up and one word sends him down. Then you have what? Then you have two women at home. This is why in Islamic Sharia, divorce is in the hands of the husband. Why? Imagine divorce was in the hands of the woman. Allah, every married couple, every two days, three, four times divorce. Because the lady is very emotional. She's known up and down, periods, hormones, this, that. But the man should be the stable The cornerstone of the family and the stable part of the family. So what happens when the man becomes like a woman? She says one word, he reacts. Something happens, he's the loose cannon. And she's the stabilizing factor, ya haram. She's more like the man in the family. Chaos happens at home. Hellfire. The home now becomes hellfire. This is why my brothers and my sisters, understanding (laughs) deen is crucial. And working on your akhlaq and your anger is a very, very important aspect of deen. There's a very, very famous story in the seerah of the Prophet. (laughs) (laughs) There was a rabbi in Medina. He was actually a Jewish scholar. His name was Zayd ibn Sa'na. Zayd ibn Sa'na. And this rabbi, he was analytical. He said when Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam migrated from Mecca and came to Medina. And started calling to Islam and inviting people to God. He knew the book. He knows the Torah. He knew the qualities of prophets. He goes, I monitored this man. He said, I found every single quality of prophethood that we study as people of the book, in him. Except for two qualities. He said, these two qualities, my distant monitoring could not capture. I had to test them myself. This is a rabbi. What were the two qualities? Qala yaghlibu His forbearance, his patience, his gentleness overcomes his anger. This is the quality of prophets. All prophets. That's the first quality. He goes, and the second quality is that the more you harm him, the more you push. The more patient he becomes not the opposite no oh allah look i'm patient with you you push, <laughs> you push. and then you say eh, <laughs> i'm about to lose it myself it was, no, no, the more you push the more forbearance and love and patience there is because i had to test these two qualities So he goes, I waited, I'm lurking in the crowd, I'm lurking in Medina, waiting for any opportunity to test this man. Claiming he's a prophet, he's the new prophet of the time. So he said, one day, a group of new converts, new people to Islam, came to Medina. They came to Muhammad and they had barely any clothes on. And they were suffering famine, weakness, fatigue. So the Prophet sallallahu asked around, Who will help us give something to this, these guests? Most of the sahaba, most of the companions, they were also broke completely, financial problems. So he said, sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who will give me a loan? So, he's a rabbi, he's not a Muslim. Zaid heard the call, so he went to Muhammad sallallahu <laughs> alayhi wa He goes, I will give you a loan. So he said, me and Muhammad agreed on a certain amount I will give him, and a certain date of repayment. He goes, I got my opportunity. He goes, I gave him the money. He gave the money to these poor people. He goes, and then I waited, and I waited, and way before the date of repayment, imagine, they said, for example, uh, first of Ramadan, for example, I have to pay back. He goes, way before this day, I chose a time when the masjid is full, and the Prophet of Allah surrounded by his companions, and I went in front of everyone. Screamed, top of my lungs, I said, ya Muhammad, where is my money? For by Allah, I know that you and your family are mutla, mutla. people that don't repay the debt. Not only him, him and who, him and his family." Now for us, maybe this is something like, you know, in Western culture or where we live, this is like, you know, you might say, it brush the guy off or something. We have to understand Arabic culture. You swear at someone in the Arab world these days, war might start. You swear at someone's family, you are, you know, only blood can solve this. You swear at the Prophet's family in Medina, surrounded by his companions, you're not leaving that place alive. So Zaid said, I said these words wanting to see the Prophet's reaction. It's an unfair claim. I came way before the date. He knows that I know I'm a liar. He knows that I know that I'm a liar. I'm not clearly lying many witnesses know the incident so everyone knows i'm a liar and i'm claiming something that's not mine yet and i abused him and his family Zayd in the narration says i looked beside the prophet sallallahu and umar's eyes were rolling in their place omar <laughs> saw the drab. i swear to the imagine you know he goes i saw death the guy was gonna so, Omar instantly pulled out his sword and was going to. Uh, so, the Prophet of Allah said, What are you doing, Omar? Put your sword back. So, he goes to the man, What are you saying? So, I repeated again the abuse. Give me my money. So, the Prophet said, But the date is not. Uh, it hasn't come yet. Because I don't care. I don't trust you. He made a movie. So the Prophet of Allah, sallallahu asked, do we have his money? They said, yes. He goes, return his money. Who should return his money? Who should return this man's money? He goes, Omar, you go and give him the money. Not only go give him the money, go give him the money and give him more money. Give him something extra. ...because you put your sword up on him. So Umar... ...radiyallahu anhu... Imagine... Imagine my brothers... ...the environment... ...imagine the environment in Medina... ...between student and teacher The Prophet of Allah... ...is ordering me to do something... ...for who? For a Jew? Are you humiliating me... ...or Prophet of Allah for a Jew not about jew or christian or muslim now you did you pull out your sword or not you go you pay him and you give him more in one narration he says to omar he says to him you should have not done that rather you should have asked me to repay with righteousness and asked him to ask with righteousness. Not escalate the problem like that. So Umar radiyallahu anhu took the rabbi. To Bayt al-Mal. Repaid him his money. And the rabbi is taking the money you know. Like, <coughs> from Umar. And then Umar gives him more. So he goes to him what's that? <laughs> I can imagine the tone Umar said in, you know. The Prophet of Allah asked me to, like, you know, give you more because I put my sword on you. <laughs> so the rabbi says to him, Ya hey, don't you know me? He goes, Why? The rabbi said, He goes, I am Zayd ibn Sa'na. I'm one of the leaders of the Jews. And he told them the story. He goes, I wanted to, I saw every quality of prophethood in this man except for these two qualities. I wanted to test myself. And by Allah he has passed. I testify that there is no true God except Allah. And I testify that Muhammad is his final messenger. He accepted Islam on the spot and became a very pious Muslim. Zayd ibn Sa'na, we say now Zayd ibn Sa'na, What changed this man's heart Was not the length of the Prophet's bead Was not the color of his abaya The color of his tawb Or the strength of the companions around him What changed this man's heart Is the strength He saw in the Prophet's control His command on his actions and decisions. You can be a very, very good Muslim, you know. Salah and prayer and that. But we know very well. Wallah, any pressure, your nafs springs back to jahiliyyah. Like a spring, you know the spring? You see the spring? You know the spring? You grab the spring, you can push it, you can squeeze it. Squeeze it, squeeze it. Anyone that looks at it, when it's squeezed, sees what? Allah, it's very, very short. Allah, everything's under control. Everything's beautiful. But as soon as you lift the hand, you lift the cap, of what happens? Ya Latif, the thing jumps meters away. Many, many, many of us, my brothers and my sisters, have real Jahiliyyah in us. We have real character problems that have been with us for years. Our real, the real person inside is a Jahil, an ignorant, arrogant angry person and the deen that we have the religion that we have is controlled on the outside (coughs) the image is very very good you see mashallah brother this, that put the same brother under some pressure and you see what the true colors appear the true character appears And when the true character appears, it dims everything around it. When your real character shows, basically, Allah exposed you to yourself. You know now who you really are. Qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet of Allah says in the authentic hadith, anyone with with an atom weight of arrogance, an atom's weight, you have an atom's weight of arrogance, you don't enter paradise. Arrogance is not tolerated in Islam. You ask any Muslim, brother, do you have arrogance? He goes, brother, me, wallahi, brother. Even look at me when I talk. Assalamu alaikum, brothers. How humble, how nice, how soft. When people talk to him in ease, when everything is good, work, working my way. Everyone is respecting me, this, that. You talk to me? I'm a simple man. I am weak. I am full of sin. I am incapable. I am ignorant. I am new. We find these words. Pressure this person, put him in a small test. Allah Azza wa Jal designs these tests. And then what happens? The true character appears. Who he really is, appease. Did you see how he spoke to me? Did you, sheikh, sheikh, did you see how this man spoke to me? Brother, does he think yani, I have no jahiliyyah? Yeah, I thought I thought you had no jahiliyyah, brother. I thought you're over this past. I thought you repented. He goes, no! <laughs> Openly he said, no, brother! Wallah, show him! You find some people hitting, some people swearing, some people losing control, temper. He has temper issues, he has ghadab. He has anger issues. He doesn't know how to control his tongue. He has no control over his tongue. He has no control over his manners. No control over his reactions. He is reactive. You poke, you poke him, you get a reaction. You know, if you poke him, you get a reaction. Means inside is not there, uh, inside is not ready. The Prophet, sallallahu inside was white, clean. Sahaba, radiallahu anhum even the Sahaba, they struggled. They had the best of akhlaq. But in the seerah, we have Zaid, Uh, Abu Dharr al-Ghifari And Bilal radiallahu anhu Imagine this incident in the Syria Yesterday Yesterday Before Islam Before Muhammad came Bilal was a slave A slave And I am one of the Leaders of one of the biggest Tribes in the Arab world Min Ghifar. When Abu Dharr accepted Islam, the Kuffar of Quraysh, they went to bash him. Abu Sufyan ran and said, What are you doing? This man is from Ghaffar. If his tribe uh, turns on you, it's war. Leave him, leave him. They let him go. Abu Dharr, honorable family, honorable tribe. Now, Muhammad came. Islam came and said, No black. No white, no rich, no poor, no slave, no free. Everyone is equal. Now amongst us, we say the same things. In our masjid we say, everyone is equal. But are the hearts in, the, in our hearts, the is that, is that really the case? Wallahi no. know. will by Allah, it's not the case. Not one evidence. Hundreds of evidence. Hundreds of incidents and comments and words. In our hearts. In each of our hearts, there's a hierarchy of arrogance that no one admits to. But you and you, when you have you conversations, you know them. The Sheikh and ignorant, if one of you now stands up in the gathering and corrects me in front of everyone, what happens to my heart? What's the first initial reaction? What is it? (coughs) Who the hell is that idiot? Brother, I've been teaching Dean before you were born. Brother, I went khuruj, you know, I went khuruj when you were still in your mom is, uh, you know, breastfeeding. Use this is inside. Maybe I have uh, talent, you know. I say, calm down, brother. But in my heart, I'm saying the reality is he. The reality is he. Another guy is rich. He's always been wealthy. And in Masjid al-Nur, here, Ya Haram, one of the foreign students, he just came on a boat, Ya Haram. He came on a ship yesterday, his clothes are torn, and he's, you know, he's just starting his life. Or oh, you bought him. You know, in Australia, here we have a culture of, brother, he came on me, brother. I got him to the country. <laughs> you know? I got him in. I supported him. I looked. What happened straight away? There's always hierarchy. The arc of age. Some people, because he's older in age, just age, not knowledge, nothing. Who are these kids, man? Get up, get Sometimes find older people they can't handle. Sometimes it's race. You know, I'm, you know, I'm from Pakistan. You're Indian. How is Modi? Like that, you know? And sometimes Indian says Indians packet. you see them, you know, some Allah. you came from India, where are you? <laughs> and then sometimes Bengali, sometimes Arab. Brother, I'm Arab, brother, you're Ajab. He might not say a word on his tongue, but in his heart, the sickness is there. The marat is there. The bead is there. The bead has changed. The amama is there, but the heart is the heart of Abu Jahl. The heart is the heart of jahiliyyah. You know what I mean? You what I'm saying? The heart is the heart of jahiliyyah. Brother, who is this guy? Man, he does even talk. He can't talk a few Arabic words. Brother, he can't read fatihah properly. He's gonna come and. Some people race, some people age, some people money, some people position. I'm doctor, doctor. You are a plumber. You know, plumber. You have to seek. You have to seek. In mashura we sit down. Sometimes we make mashura. And then we give my, I give my opinion. And the mashura doesn't take my opinion. The emir or the responsible doesn't take my opinion. In my heart, what happens? Maybe I say, Big smile. Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good socially. But in my heart, what a bunch of idiots. <laughs> what a bunch of idiots. Watch, watch, watch. One day they will come and say, you are right. MashaAllah, Maulana the alim, he is the most knowledgeable. This sickness doesn't come out of your heart by attending this talk. How many years? How many? You know this disease? How many years for this disease to come out? Years and years and years, and years of hardship. So Abu, Abu Zar radiallahu anhu, accepted Islam with the Prophet of Allah sallallahu Who's his teacher? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Jihad fi sabilillah. Sacrifice, qurban. You know, name it. But in his heart, who's Bilal? Yesterday you were wiping my shoes. Continue, you're a slave. So they had a bit of a... They had a bit of a... Uh, debate. Like any debate happens between any two brothers in Islam. If we stay together here in the Masjid for a few days, let's see the I'tikaf. In the I'tikaf, we all start the A'tikaf. MashaAllah, Habibi, brother, hugs and kisses. By the second, third day, the guy beside him brother, please take this guy away from me for I kill but what happened yesterday? You were hugging and kissing. Mother, wallahi, he one more word, one more comment. I'm gonna kinky. La Allah. illallah. Problems will happen. Why? Allah sends these problems for you. For you to work on your real deen. To bring real deen in your life. To learn how to control, how to fight, how to tame your nafs and tame your character. So Allah sends these issues. So Abu Dhar could not handle that Bilal is arguing with him or debating him. So he said, What? Yabna Habibi your mom is eh? Uh, your mom's black. Of course, maybe now in Australia this that, not, not much racism left. Maybe still there is, but you know. But in their time, Yabna al al-sawda. is son of a slave. I'm an Arab and you're talking to me like that. So Bilal didn't answer back. He went and he snitched. Where are the labels? You know, snitch? Brother. What's that, brother? Are you a dog, brother? Don't dog, brother. Dogging is haram, brother. What do you mean, dogging is haram? What do I do? I yani, bash you back? No, brother. I'm not a snitch, brother. <laughs> Again, even in Deen, we have Jahiliyyah. <laughs> So Bilal radiyallahu anhu did what's right. He went to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and said, Abu Dharr just said, Ya ibn sawda So the Prophet anh, grabbed Abu Dharr and said to him what? Qala ya Aba Look at the words of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to, to who? To Abu Dharr radiyallahu anhu. So that we, me and you know, we are not immune. Don't think. Walla, Alhamdulillah, I'm in the masjid. I go khuruj, نخرج fi سبيل الله. ما we are good people. لا يا حبيبي. قال يا أبو ذر إنك أمرؤن Oh, Abu Zarr, you have jahiliya in your heart. You have jahiliya. Get rid of this جاهلية. Usually, when someone gets corrected, if someone corrects you now. What happens? Wallah, shaykh or no shaykh? Get the hell out of my face, man. <laughs> what do you want me to do? He said this and you defend yourself and you argue back. But he said this, but he said that. Abu Dhar didn't hear it. Abu Dhar went to Bilal. Anhu. Look at the difference, man. He made a mistake. So he goes to Bilal. By Allah, I am not going to let you go until you put your leg over my neck. You are going to put your leg over mine? You put your foot over my head? I'm sorry about that. Please, put your foot over my head. And this for the Arabs was... <laughs> so Bilal said, No, no, I can't, I can't do this. I forgive you for the sake of Allah." How many of us, my brothers, have jahiliya in our life? Have jahiliya in our hearts? Think we are better than others? Treat people different, you know? Feel that we are privileged. I can't get angry. I, can't, I have the right to swear. I have the right to abuse. I have the right to bully. I have the right to, you know... And these things, these qualities... have been there with us for years... and they haven't changed. When are they going to change? Unless and until we address them. And unless and until we understand... That our deen, our deen, a huge portion of our deen is all dealings. And dealings are governed by the heart. And the heart is sick, my brothers. The heart is sick. We have to, we have to watch over our character. Whenever problems happen around you, especially in dealings with friends, with mates, the first lesson, the first sign that you are on the straight path, on a Sirat al Mustaqim, is that you stop seeing individuals. You're walking outside the masjid and someone disrespects you. Clean. Most of us, most of us, how do we read this test? But the look at this guy man. Bad rubbish people. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. But people of understanding say there's something wrong in me. Allah wants to test my patience. This is the test of Allah. Ya yeah Allah, is this your test, Ya yeah Allah? You're testing me with this guy? He's my brother. He says, He's like ten times better than me. What does Allah want from me? The hard yards, the sabr. Allah once, Allah asked for something very very hard, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Qala subhanahu wa ta'ala, In the most dangerous ayat in the Qur'an, in the most dangerous, Ayat <coughs> in the Qur'an. Allah said this ayat. The ayat start with إِنَّ ladheena qalu رَبُّنَ اللَّهُ thumma istaqamu." Shaykh Yaqub, one of our sheikhs, elders from India, I remember from his bayan, his fajr bayan, he always used to start the fajr bayan with the same ayat. Every ladheena qalu thumma istaqamu." تَتَنَزَّلُ عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ أَلَّا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا وَأَبْشِرُوا بِالْجَنَّةِ الَّتِي كُنْتُمْ تُوْعَدُونَ الله says Those who say Allah is our Lord, Allah is our God, Allah is our Lord, and they have estakama on their deen. The angels descend on them saying, don't fear, don't worry, أَلَّا تَخَافُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا. And we give you glad tidings, you're going to jannah. التي في الدنيا We are your allies in dunya and and the In Jannah you will get all what your soul desires and all what you ask for. Whatever you want, Allah will give you. ولكم فيها ما تشتهي أنفسكم. وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَدْدَعُونَ نُزُلًا مِّنْ غَفُورًا رَحِيمًا Then Allah says what? وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ قَوْلًا مِمَّنْ دَعَ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَعَنِلَ صَالِحًا وَقَالَ إِنَّنِي مِنَّ الْمُسْلِمِينَ Allah speaks about Jannah. Look at the reference. Allah speaks about Jannah. Allah speaks about Istiqaba. Allah speaks about the help and companionship of the angels. Then Allah jumps straight away to Da'wah Jannah What's after Jannah? Da'wah Who is better than someone Who calls to Allah And does good deeds And says not from the believers The ayat continues. What does Allah say after this? After da'wah, straight away, what does Allah say? Who knows? تستوي. تستوي straight away, straight away. Jannah, da'wah, and then what? Allah says good deeds and bad deeds can never be the same. React with that which is. The best. Ahsa means the best. Always your reaction should be should be the best. Someone harms you, you react with the best. Allah's promise. Allah's awesome. The, the person that has the worst. The worst of your enemy, you have animosity, he becomes what? With good akhlaq, with good reaction, the worst of your enemies will become the best of your allies. فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةٌ كَأَنَّهُ وَلَيٌّ حَمِيمٌ Are you following? me or not. جَنَّ Dawa Akhlaq. Then Allah says what? ولا يلقاها أو ما If you want Jannah, you have to have صبر. وما يلقاها إلا الذين صبروا وما إلا ذو حظ عظيم. If you want to work da'wah, you have to have صبر. If you want to have akhlaq, you have to have صبر. Then you go to Jannah without manners and without da'wah, You can never go to Jannah. And without sabr, you can never get both. This is why, my brothers, we have to, we have to work on our character, on our dealings. And the more your Iman increases, the tests will get harder. When you start on Deen, maybe Allah will test you with a guy that swears at you on the street. Road rage. Someone flicks the finger to you while you're driving. And he quick it up. The more, the more your iman increases, the harder the test. The harder the test. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was tested with the الگفار, persecution by the enemies of the in Mecca. Then what? Then harmed by the munafiqin in Medina, the hypocrites in Medina. Again, kuffar and munafiqeen. But the hardest test for the Prophet was from the sahaba. Sahaba, sahaba. I expect I expect the enemy of deen to stab me. I expect the hypocrite, the munafiq you know, that's shadowy and you know, to one day turn on me. But my companion? My companion will say my wife committed zina? Allah, Ya Rasulullah, show us your act. Show us what you're made of. My companion will say this. Sabir. Sabir. Afu. Forgiveness. Without these qualities, my brothers, you will never ever have real deen in your life. This is why, please, you have to understand. To achieve all of this, time is a factor. Environment is a factor. Being around people who have good manners and good dawah is very important, or else, where am I where am I gonna he, Where am I gonna learn how to have good akhlaq if everyone around me is a loose cannon Everyone around me, Walla, when he gets angry he pops. When am I gonna ever learn patience? You need to be in front of someone and you see with your eyes, look, wallah, this guy got abused. Wallah, he didn't say anything, he sat down. Wow. Now you're really learning. And this is why we say, we go in the path of Allah, my brothers. We go in the path of Allah to practically, we live the life of the Prophet and his companions. In Khuruj, we get tested. By travel, by... People think, Ah oh, brother, we go Khuruj and you know, the hardship is outside. No, no. The hardest thing in Khuruj is what? The actual jama'ah. We start khuruj. We love each other. By the end of the khuruj, same. Two brothers are not talking to each other. (laughs) What have you learned? Like you came here to work on your character and akhlaq. This is why Sheikh An'am, he used to say, any jama'ah that comes back loving each other, have succeeded. What da'wah they did, who accepted Islam, how many people, you know, went to the of Allah. Good. Good. <laughs> but the most important thing is us. If we went together four months and we came back loving each other, do you think this is easy? Like three days we can't handle each other. Four months together, stress, problem, hardship, this, that, then you uh, then you build character. Then you build akhlaq. So please, my brothers, as soon as possible, all of us should intend, especially now, inshallah, after Ramadan, this is our season, my brothers. So now, till the end of the year, please make intention, four months, 40 days, three days, the longest, the longest time, <coughs> the furthest distance, and under Mashoura. Wherever they send me, don't say, brother, uh, I'm Pakistani. I only go with my Pakistani friends. Brother, I am Arab. Brother, put me with an Arab jamaah only. Brother, Wallah, I am Indian. Please. My, my jamaah has to be all from Hyderabad. One guy from Bombay will wreck the mix. They all have to be Hyderabad. We eat together, we talk together, you know, we understand each other. Brother, it's not deen. You go in the path of Allah, brother, you chuck yourself in any jama'a. You don't know where your khair is. You don't know where the benefit is. The best thing is what breaks my nafs. That's how we learn this blessed work. All of us ready, inshallah? Who is ready, inshallah, to spend some time this year? Raise your hand.